What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Voice of the Fans podcast. This is your man, Cam Cleveland, down here in Southern California. Last couple of days, man, it's been hovering right around seventy-two to seventy-three degrees. What's the weather like up there in the Northwest? Oh, hey, Cam. Now we picked it back up uh, from the uh, cold snap to uh, we're we're in our mid forties. We're, we're okay. You, you're okay, huh? You know, I had, okay um, in the mid forties. Running my errands today, man. I had um, flip flops and some shorts today. Um, I don't know if you guys are sh- that doesn't sound like short weather to me. Uh, yeah, slowly roll, bro. It's not it's not quite that serious, but uh, you know, it's not the the Arctic front that it was uh, two weeks ago. So, you know, count your oh. blessings. Yeah, or what some people are dealing with down in Houston, man. It's uh, we hear now that things are thawing out and. Man, I sent a lot of uh, tragic stories about what's going on in the ice ice front that they had. No heat, no no water, no electricity. Ooh, it was sounded like it was all bad for a lot of those folks down there. But or not only Houston, just Texas in general. So, hope hopefully those people are okay. I do understand that um, my cousin down there, like she's okay. They did have some heat, and it wasn't all bad for them. But uh, those who didn't, I hope you guys are doing better now. Uh, yeah, Cleveland, man, so it is week 127, man. In this episode of Voice of the Fans, we're going to talk about this QB carousel that's continuing to spin around the NFL. We're going to talk about week eight in the NBA season. We got all-star um, festivities was announced. We got all-star reserves were announced. So, And then as we always do, we're going to talk about this day in history. Cleveland, we got a lot of things that we're going to talk about. But before we get into the show, man, I want to give a shout out to everybody listening, however they're listening, whether we're Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Tuned In, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. While you're enjoying the show, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Leave a comment. Tell me how we're doing. Tell, tell me what you'd like to hear on the show. Tell me if you like the modifications that you hear recently to the show. I'm not going to tell you what they are. If you're a listener, you should know what they are. Tell me how you, what you think of the modifications of each segment here. Also, I want to give you my Twitter handle so you can get involved in the show. Send me a message. Let me know after you hit that subscribe button, after you hit the like button, let me know what you say. Just hit, shoot me a message on Twitter. What's good in sports on Twitter. That's what's good the letter N, sports singular. Hit me up. Send me a message. Cleveland, how can I get a hold of you? Thank you to hold me, Ken, at Cleveland Wonder on Twitter and at Cleveland Steel on Instagram. Now, he doesn't respond to your Twitter messages. Maybe you have a better chance of getting at him on Instagram because I send tw- I send Cleveland messages on Twitter that he doesn't get to. So um, um, maybe Instagram is a better angle for you, huh, Cleveland? Well, you know, whatever works for you, Cam. Uh, I, I prefer the, the the Twitter, but uh, Instagram is good, too. Okay, fans. Like I say, it's February 24, 2021. The year continues to just press on and press on. It is week 127, as we always do about this time. We look at the numbers, Cleveland. The number 24 and 27 are the numbers this week. When you think of the number 24, who were best, or what's the first guy to come to your mind? Come to your mind when you hear the number twenty-four. 
you know, Cam, I, I think the person that first comes to mind, um, being that I'm one of those 12s, is uh, a guy named Marshawn Lynch. Uh, oh, now, who were that? Who were best? Good one. Mm-hmm. Who were best is quite possibly uh, another uh, 206 superstar, a guy named King Griffey Jr. Mm, okay, that's, that's a pretty good one. I thought you might have went with Kobe Bean, considering your uh... my affinity for Kobe. Kobe. Well, the thing is, I mean, Kobe Kobe had a you know you know he had two shifts. He had the eight and the twenty four. He wore them both mm-hmm. quite well. You know, make no mistake okay. about it. But I believe he got the three with the with the eight, and then the two chips with the twenty four. So I see where you were going with that. But just um, you know, overall, who wore the number? You know, the best for the you know the longest. And I would I would have that, to go with Peter Virginia on that one. That's a great call with Mister Beastmo Marshawn Lynch. But uh, you forgot Dennis Johnson. Did you forget Dennis Johnson, the defensive stopper of the Seattle SuperSonics? How could I forget Gus and DJ? Of course not. Okay. Of course right. not. Just checking with you. Just checking with you. Um, and so the number 27. When you think of number 27, who comes to your mind first or who wore best? You know, the person that probably comes to my mind first is a guy uh, you're not familiar with, but uh, he was a safety for the Denver Broncos named Steve Atwater. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. <laughs> one of the original headhunters, you know, uh-huh. true killer at the safety position. Steve okay. Atwater. Oh, that's a great call. He comes to your mind first. Okay. Well, actually, he comes to my mind first is another one of those Seattle Supersonics is Mr. Johnny Johnson. You know, the original point forward. The original point forward out there. Um, but then... You know, I, FSU had a guy who wore 27 named Terrell Buckley. And when I think of 27, I think of this guy streaking down the sidelines after he made a miraculous interception and shaking a couple of people to get to the end zone, Terrell Buckley. But then there's Vlad, uh, Vlad Rad and Mike Trout, man. So 27 got some... Got some popular people there on the number, but as I as I mentioned, Cleveland, we're going to get into uh, several different topics. But let's start this uh, NFL segment with the NFL question of the week, or I guess kind of question of the off season for the Pittsburgh Steelers is big is Big Ben coming back, and it appears Big Ben has agreed to return to the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. What does that say for the Steelers, and what does that where does that put them on their trajectory for next season? I'm concerned, Cam. Uh, I don't believe oh. that Ben Roethlisberger is a long term solution to their uh, questions at the quarterback position. I don't think he has a whole lot left. I think that we saw that in his uh, last playoff game, and as we have alluded to on this show on numerous occasions, football players age in dog years. And he's going to get out there and that little Ben, you know, big Ben thing that he used to be able to do. He's just not going to be able to do it anymore. He's going to get hurt. Um, He's not going to have any velocity on his throws and it's going to be all bad. So you don't see, you don't see the playoffs. It doesn't sound like for the Pittsburgh season. 
not if they don't have a backup plan and an insurance policy for when it's time to pull Big Ben because it's going to be sooner than later. Well, they got Haskins, didn't yeah. they? Didn't they sign Haskins? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that if, if we know if he is really a a long-term solution to their problems, but what they don't want to go through is what uh, New England just went through with Cam Newton. Um, just, you know, you that's just the best you can do, and you didn't have any contingency plans, so you're just, you know, kind of, you know, treading water and hoping for the best. But uh, it just never never came around. So I'm, I'm seeing the same thing happen for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they don't have a true uh, contingency backup plan in place. Wow, okay. Um, well, let's stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I got another question to ask you: Is what is what is this hoopla around? Why why is it a question that they would or would not sign, or they wouldn't sign Juju Smith-Schuster? Why is that a how is that a question? Well, Juju's productivity since uh, Antonio Brown left has been. Uh you know, almost non-existent. Uh, he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't really been the impact uh, number one receiver that they were hoping for, and that's unfortunate. And I think it's starting to play uh, tricks with his head a little bit. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool uh, have both, you know, seem to be much more reliable uh, receivers than Juju last year. So, yeah. So you I don't think, think Juju... he'd be all that upset to see him go. So you say Juju hasn't been as productive since uh, AB donned the Steelers uniform. I ask you, what offensive player for the Steelers have been successful since Le'Veon Bell played with them since uh, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown was there? Has there been a productive player on offense since then? It hasn't been the running back. It hasn't been the quarterback, as you told me, as we discussed previously. So can we say it all, all on Juju? I mean, just which who on who on the Steelers offense has been productive? I'm not going to put it all on Juju, but he was the one that was supposed to be the heir apparent. He was the one that's supposed to take that next step, and unfortunately, it just hasn't uh, come to fruition in the way that they thought. Well, I mean, I, I get that, and, and thanks for clarifying that. I do understand exactly what you're saying. Um, but he needs a quarterback to throw to him. If, if we had, if they have an ancient quarterback, you know, who can't really get the ball downfield like he once did, I mean, can we blame that on Juju? If we have an offensive lineman that, you know, they become a one-dimensional team, and he's running around there with the duck, uh, the backup quarterback, because their original quarterback, Big Ben, hasn't been healthy, and they're playing their backup quarterback, and backup quarterback can't see the opening or see the see the right time to get the receiver the football and he's holding on the ball too long and not hitting them in stride and what have you uh, there there goes his production the, and I'm talking about the production for the whole team and then you know we we know as valiant as a running back band like he's more of a you can't he's not your bell cow running back um but they try to use him like he's a, a feature back and he's really your your third down change of pace running back so they went out there at their whole offensive scheme all season, they went at it wrong going into the season. So I just, I, I just wonder, and, and you make a good point about the other receivers stepping up um, and showing some signs of, of, of life there where Juju hasn't. I, I just say, 
nobody has stepped up to the point where that makes Juju that expendable, I would say, in my opinion. Um, if you have three quality wide receivers, you have a quarterback that can get on the ball, you have you show some signs of continuity. I mean, Big Ben's going to need that to be successful. You can't throw him an, another rookie quarterback, a r- rookie receiver, excuse me, in there and expect to get the same production. Uh, I know they do a, g- a very good – Pittsburgh has a long history of drafting quality wide receivers, probably the best in the league at drafting wide receivers. I, I think that would be a fair statement. They draft receivers better than anybody in the league. So them counting on drafting them, somebody who's going to be as productive as Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster – early in, in, in their years, I, I guess they would bank on that, but is Big Ben re- ready to bank on that being so late in his years? What do you think? be a tough transition to make, um, but I, I, I think that he's just struggled with making the transition from the, a number two to a number one. Yeah, okay. A lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, the, the play of, of Big Ben. I think the running game has been adequate. Um, to at least you know, that honest. I think John Connor has been just fine. You know, in the, in the overall scheme of things, for what they want to do, I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's the best back in the league, but I mean, he's, he's certainly decent. He's certainly serviceable. Guy, he, so yeah. he he he's a he's a third down back at best. At best, he's a third down back. Well, go ahead with your um, with your breakdown of of the Steelers' offense here. While well, I look up some numbers here, you know, I, I know how you feel about Tom, and I know how you feel about the Steelers. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ramble on about it. I'm just simply gonna say I think that Juju's a better number two than he is a number one. I think the Steelers have recognized that and are not really willing to move forward with him being their number one. That's all I'm saying. It's, Okay, James Conner, 2018, 973, 2019, 464, 2020, 721. Those are his yards he gained. His, he does average four, four and a half yards of carry in 2018, four yards of carry in 2019, 4.3 yards of carry in 2020, but you're only get, you're only getting 720 yards. And, 13, what is this, in 13 games. So, I mean, that's not a feature back, bro. <laughs> that's not the definition of a scat back right there. Definition of a change of pace back right there. Um, But, yeah, I think Mike Tomlin, his, his work is cut out for him. Now that Big Ben is coming back, we'll see how things transpire. Um, And, you know, if they bring in some – Mike Tomlin's not making the playoffs, sure, I'm sure it kind of hurt those guys. And, they should be coming back with a vengeance. And, and don't forget, Dwayne Haskins is on the sideline right there. So he he got the hat on. He He's ready to take the clipboard or ready to take the field. It's been faltered a little bit. Wouldn't you think? I think he's certainly in a position uh, to do so. Um, I don't think Ben's going to last a season. So I think the opportunity will definitely present itself. We'll see if he's ready for it. Okay. Um you know, I know you're up there in the Northwest, and you just talk about everything is kind of thawing out a little bit. What's the word? Did uh, Pete Carroll and John Snyder did they have to sit down with Sierra Wilson and kind of see the direction that the the, the organization is going? I mean, did 
What was that conversation like, and what's the word on the streets there? You know, shame on you, Cameron, for insinuating that John Schneider and Pete Carroll, uh, the architects of a Super Bowl championship team, would have to have a sit-down with Russell Wilson's wife about anything. Blasphemy. I mean, I mean, we want to make sure that Russell's comfortable, right? And, and Sierra's happy about you know the her her off the field adventures and what they want to do with her uh, career as far as her having a career and being able to um, feel valued in the relationship with the Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson because you know Russell has to kind of balance those lines. That's a tough balance there, uh, being up in the Northwest. You know, it's not – the weather isn't conducive to just having visitors drop by um, at any time. You know, you kind of have to plan around the weather if you really want to get out and do something in the community because just the weather isn't that conducive for entertaining, I should say. And so um, I, I think that would be a part of the plan if you want to keep Russell uh, keep Russell happy, you kind of happy wife, happy life, right? Uh, number one, her name is not Sierra Kardashian. And number two, that's not the way the Seahawk organization operates. Okay. I'm just checking. Hey, man, you don't have to get so sharp with me. I'm just checking. I, we, I'm trying to give the fans a, a voice from the streets. Okay, Seattle. well, you don't have to ask I such asinine questions about whether the uh, brain <laughs> trust of the Seattle Seahawks has to sit down with Russell Wilson's wife to discuss anything about the future of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey man, I don't. I try to bring this up as delicately, as delicately, as delicately as I can, delicately as I can over the last couple of weeks. And you get really sharp. You got a short a fuse when it comes to this topic. I don't know why. I'm just trying to get to let the people know and get them a pulse of what's going on in the Northwest. Okay, well I'm letting the people know. Okay, Sierra is not right. a part of any decision making going forward. Okay, you need to cut Are that we out. Sure? We're sure about that. I'm 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 one hundred percent positive. All right, man. All right, and I think Russell Russell expressed something a little slightly different the other day. But if if you say everything's cool, we're gonna take your word for it, man. We're gonna take your word for it. But let me know what's up with uh, Mike Davis. You guys, we saw Mike Davis. Sounds like the Chris Carson era is go- is over, um, as it should have been three years ago. You guys finally kind of. Trying to right the wrong that you made by not uh, keeping Mike Davis from three seasons ago, let him go spend some time with the Baltimore Ravens, and now you're going to try to right that wrong, huh? You know, uh, congratulations to Mike Davis. He can come into camp and compete like everyone else. That's how Pete Carroll does things. Uh, he can compete. He can compete, huh? So you're gonna you're gonna. It sounds like you willing to make the same mistake you made before. Well, I'm giving him an opportunity. I should say the organization is giving him an opportunity to, to you know, to see what he can do. And, you know, if he's a better player and it's his time, then great. But I'm not going to, you know, bet the farm on what, you know, Mike Davis is going to be able to bring to the, to the team. For right now, you know, bring yourself and let's see if you can crack the, uh, you know, the starting five, or starting lineup, I should say. One of the five backs that remain on the team when the 
One of the five, and that's the problem. You two, you guys try to do running back by committee. Why don't you pick a back and, and make a decision and go on that, and not, don't pick a back who fumbles and get injured. That's part of the problem right there. That, okay, Ken. Well, it's time for someone to step up and establish himself as that guy. If Mike Davis is, you know, willing to do that and, and shows that capability, then great. He has an opportunity to do so here. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's talk about one of your linebackers who's uh, apparently looking at free agents a little harder. You know, um, I, I don't know what he, what his significant other thinks about the Pacific Northwest or if they're looking for a different direction. But what is KJ Wright doing? I mean, he spent his whole career there. He got drafted by the Hawks. What's going on with this um, decision? Do you re-sign KJ Wright? Do you treat him like you treated? Jadavian Clowney and, and shortchange him, you know, offer him a, some chump change and allow him to go to the San Francisco 49ers and come back and haunt you guys two, two games a season. How do you treat KJ Wright and what do you guys, what's the plan there? You know, Cam, it's unfortunate. Uh, word on the street is um, he's going to be a salary cap casualty. Um, we would absolutely mm. love to have him. Um, he's been a great, a great player for us, veteran leadership. Uh, does everything you ask for him. Um, can ask for a better teammate. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to be able to pay him what he's worth, market value. So does that mean we're going to replace him with a, a, a rookie? Or is there somebody on the somebody on the sideline that can take his spot, fill in for his role? You know, there's there's a few linebackers that they've you know they've been looking at. Uh, you know, they they drafted a linebacker uh, first uh, round last year. Uh, may have to fill in where where KJ was uh, last year. Uh, you know, they have a few other players that you know can come into the fold. But you know, as of right now, it's all speculative. Uh, you know, hopefully there's you know there's a happy medium here. But uh, you know, if he's looking for uh, you know Luke Keekley type money, it's, it's it's not here. Or um, proper value at the linebacker position. You're not going. You know, you guys aren't willing to do that as well. So you draft a guy, use him up, but you don't want to pay him for what he, his services uh, moving forward. You just you don't want to pay him for keep the continuity together. You got to draft him up and kick him out, to, uh, use him up, kick him out the door. That's that's essentially the Seahawks model, right? As opposed to those other teams in the NFL, is that what, is that what you're referring to, or like the Patriots, well, or I mean who? who like the Dolphins? I mean, who are you, who are you talking about? Uh, well, we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. So we're talking about okay, but Alex, but you're at, you're acting like the Seattle like the Seattle Seahawks are doing something that the rest of the league doesn't participate in because it's morally wrong. But you have no examples of any other team that doesn't do the exact same thing. Well, the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they have a history of letting the wrong players go. Uh, to uh, Jadavion Clowney, for example. Um, How was Davian them. Clowney the wrong player to let go? Was he productive last year? You, 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 want, you want to pull up his stats from last year real quick? What, you, I mean, you're a stat guy. You're a stat guy. You want to pull up those stats real quick? Did he, did he, he even have four sacks? Was he, was he I, I, think, I, think, I think Jamal I think Jamal Adams had more sacks than Janavian Clowney last year, and he played safety. Oh. How's that working out for you guys? Jamal Adams, two number Great. one. Great. Fantastic. Two, Thanks for asking. Two number one. Two number ones. So you got where did you guys go? How deep did the playoffs? Did you make it? Oh, okay. Huh? They they did make the playoffs, right? Though. 
unlike some I other mean, teams that haven't made the playoffs in 25 years. I'm just you like you like going back in the history, don't you? What, is that where you're going? I mean, the Seahawks, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are twelve and four last year. They made the playoffs, so actually won the division. So, I mean, I'm just saying. So, or did you miss all that? The, yeah, I did. I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Okay. Um, best free agent quarterback in this off season. Do you want? Is Dak, Jimmy G, Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton? Who who do you think? Those are just a couple of names that, who's out there. Who's the best free agent quarterback in, uh, available to NFL teams right now? Andy Dalton? Let's throw him in the mix. Uh, Dak Prescott would be the best. Dak Prescott. What is What are the Cowboys going to do? Maybe as the days go by, I think a million dollars gets added to his contract every every day that goes by. What are they going to end up tough doing? Tough decision to make, Cam. I mean, I, you know, he he he's a, a really really good quarterback. Is he the difference between you winning a Super Bowl and and not getting to a Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. I mean, okay, have Josh so- Allen. Or Dak Prescott right now. I mean, uh, Dak Prescott would probably be a better option than Josh Allen. See, I'm so okay. I'm, a, I'm the type of guy. I'm I'm the type of guy is if you produce for me and you've been productive for me, I'd rather pay you than bring somebody else in and try to. You know, Cam. You know, you can say that, but you were the first person to uh, throw Alex Smith out with the bathwater, if I recall. <laughs> okay, you, you want to bring that situation up? There's clearly a guy. We saw Alex Smith's ceiling. That's a different scenario. We saw the. We haven't we haven't seen Dak Prescott's ceiling. We we saw the precipice of what we haven't seen. We haven't seen Dak Prescott's ceiling. Have we seen Dak Prescott's ceiling? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we have. Oh, I'm not. Really? I'm not sure. That, and, and that makes we've seen it. We've seen it, bro. And so and so is Dallas. And that's and that's why they're in this predicament that they're in. They've seen they've okay. seen the ceiling. So if you if you look at it like that, they've seen the ceiling. How can you say just? How can you say you you've seen the ceiling when they, he's only played? He got hurt in week five, I believe it was, if my memory serves me correctly. Week five or week six, like that. And going into last year, I, I predicted they'd have the most explosive offense. Going into last season, they had the three wide receivers. They had Ezekiel back there. They had the new coach going back. The new coach on the team. Now, it, it proved that the new coach kind of it was an old coach, and and some of his recycled material probably wasn't didn't work the best. But I'm in that situation that he's in. How can you say you've seen the ceiling of of Dak Prescott? I mean, because you're surrounding him with with a lot more talent. That you, they haven't been able to get on the field and show you what they're capable of. Um, that's what I would say to that. We've seen the season um, to the to the point of when he hid because they were losing games, forty one to thirty nine, or you know forty eight to thirty uh, forty eight to or excuse me thirty eight to thirty five. Like 
they weren't the defense wasn't standing up and helping supporting the offense from what I recollect early in the season last year. So how can you say we've seen the ceiling of what Dak Prescott could do when the whole team as a whole hasn't been there working on and all units together? That's in retort to what you're saying. The Cowboys have seen what um, exactly what Dak could do. Um, you follow on no, that? you sound you sound you sound like Dak's agent, and that's great. I'm just saying that you know from the eye test, I don't I'm not seeing some whole other gear, some whole other level that he's going to get to. I think this is what you get, and the question is, do you want to try and get to the Super Bowl with a very good quarterback? So what do you do? What do you do there? What would you if Jim uh, Jerry Jones calls Cleveland Steel up and says, Cleveland, which direction should I go? Do you, should I draft a quarterback? Should I trade trade up in the draft to get the guy out of uh, BYU? Um, should I trade for? Should we trade for Tua Tagovailoa, considering that, that he's available? Um, what what move? What should they do? Should they who should they pick up in free agency? If they're not gonna they're not gonna resign Dak, and they're ultimately gonna let him go. It doesn't make any sense to pay him another forty million dollars just for another year to kind of see him make to prolong this decision. They should probably make the decision now. Would you, wouldn't you agree? If that's truly how they're feeling. That's what's taking so long. You were asking what's taking so long. That is a very difficult thing to, to determine, to decide. I, 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 in my heart of hearts, I think they know He's not the answer to their problems, but he's a great alternative to that. They want a different quarterback. They just can't say they want a different quarterback. They want more from the quarterback position, but you can't say that because Dak has been so serviceable. He's been such a good guy. And up until last season, very, you know, you know, pretty durable. So, Yeah. Well, I would have a hard work. time saying give him 40, 40 mil for five years. I would have a hard, hard time with that. But go and get if one. you don't, then what, you're, then what you're saying is you just have to start from scratch. And they don't want to do that either. So that's that's what's so hard about this. So just give Andy Dalton the keys then. I mean, I think they tried that, and we we saw we saw that in week seven or week eight. Right. And, and that's when Jerry Jones said, hey. Obviously, that experiment didn't work, and that has created a tremendous amount of leverage for Dak Prescott. He, it, man, as much as said so, that. Do you, so, so okay, Cleveland, do you want Jimmy G in that role? Do you want do you want to bring in your gunslinger Ryan Fitzpatrick in there and and let him go at it with the with the three young receivers? Those are not receivers see, you that we started have. this conversation. See and see, here's here's why here's again why it's so hard. You started this conversation this question with who's the best free agent and it's Dak Prescott. Okay. But if you're telling me, you, but I asked you that, yes, who was the best, who was the best free agent available? You say Dak, Dak Prescott, but the Cowboys appear to be done with Dak Prescott from, from what I'm gathering from you. They appear to be done with it. So now I'm asking Mr. Cleveland, you say Jimmy's on or Jerry Jones is on line one. He wants to know what should we do with the what should we do in the quarterback position. What do I tell him? Do I tell tell him tag Dak again 
draft a quarterback, maybe he'll be ready by next year. Go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and maybe Ryan will get you, get you to go to nine and seven. What's your what do I tell that? What do I tell Jerry right now? Tough question, Cam. You, you tell him Jerry being the gambler that he is and the maverick and the pioneer, you tell him to throw it in and start over. So, so you're going to draft the quarterback and let's, let's think, or you're trying to capsize the whole team and start over? Um, Probably you're going to have to turn it all over because you're, you're realizing that your experiment didn't work. But, again, I don't think that he's willing to do that because I think this he thinks this team is closer than than I believe, and that a stable, serviceable quarterback is going to keep him in the game. I mean, he doesn't play in a very strong division, so you know so they're got, always kind so of. I got a it, tough question. So. I got a tw- tough question here for you, then. If you're saying, and we're you know um, we're going along with what you're thinking. Let's throw it in. Let's start all over. Let's not let's let that go. Not resign him. Find somebody to, to move us move us forward to stop gap quarterback, et cetera. What do you do with Ezekiel Elliott? Do you trade him? Because he should have some value for a decent team. Do you trade him for a first round pick? Do you trade him for at least a second round pick and try to get and try to pick up a quarterback there? What do you do with Ezekiel Elliott? Or do you let him? Kind of be your bell cow, even though you saw some regression from him over this season. Try to be the guy who carries you or carries the stopgap quarterback into into the future of the Cowboys. What, what do you do with the Ezekiel? Uh, tough question. I, I say you keep him. Um, you know they also have the you know the, the twenty million dollar receiver. You know they they have they have some pieces, which is probably why they're. You know, they're so conflicted. I mean, I, I don't think that they really think Jack is the is the answer, but they're so committed to all of the other pieces being close enough to get there that they think Jack can get ah stuff stuff can. I can't say that I 100 have that crystal ball, but no. Everything I'm hearing, it sounds like go get Rashid Patrick. It, it, that's what I hear. Go instead. Of, I, instead of I, paying, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything even remotely like that. I, that's what I'm hearing. Like I don't hear uh, you tell me Dak Prescott is the best, um, and we're I'm gonna I'm gonna send this uh, recording to Dallas and send it to Jerry and ha- have him here. He'll hopefully help him make the decision because if we, if we just discussed that Dak is the best quarterback available on the free agent market, but we don't want to pay Dak because we've seen his ceiling. Let's just assume this is the this is how they're feeling. We don't want to pay him, so let's take Dak off the board. All right, Dak, thank you for your services. We appreciate it. You got healthy on our dime. I wish you the best in your career. All right. We still have we still have a, a our Bell Cow running back. Our offensive line isn't that old yet. They're they're aging, but they're not they're still productive. They're still among the top. 10 or 12 offensive line in the league. They're not the number one, which they've been for three of the last four years, but they're among the top 10. We have a second-year receiver that we drafted. Would they get him in the number 18 pick? 
They have the Mark Cooper, who was the number one pick a few years ago, and they have the Gallup. So they have three receivers. They need a quarterback to dish the ball to these three receivers. Who better to throw? I personally will go with Fitzpatrick before Jimmy G. Do you want to go Cam Newton angle? I mean, Cam Newton, you have to change your offense around for Cam Newton. You don't, you're you not going to get the use out of your three receivers that you got. You got your three receivers. You need a gunslinger out there, somebody who's willing to throw it and just put it up in the air and give these guys a chance to make a play. That would be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sign Ryan Fitzpatrick for $15 million, two years, $30 million, three years, 35 I guess. And allow yourself to that's not going to put you in that's not going to put you in a good draft position because you're probably going to go middling uh, nine and seven, ten and six at best. That doesn't give you a high draft pick in the near future, but you can use your draft pick from this season and try to pick up a quarterback in, in middle of the first round. What do you say to that? I don't really like the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Angle. Okay. I think that there, I think that there's I don't know who it is, but I think that someone is beco- is going to become available um, as things transgress. I mean Mitchell Trubisky. I mean Carson Wentz is gone. Um, Mitchell Trubisky. Who who else? What other quarterbacks are available? Uh, Marcus Mariota. Do you want him? Not, you know not, not a bad selection, right? You know, Marcus isn't bad, right? Well, Marcus ain't gonna put it in the air. I say, I say, you know, I'm not a huge mm-hmm. fan of uh, Fitzpatrick. You need somebody who's gonna want to throw the ball. Is Matt Ryan gonna? What's, what's Matt Ryan gonna do? What's Matt Ryan wouldn't be a bad selection. Yes, yeah, so that would be. They got a new coaching staff down there. They got a new coaching regime. Matt Ryan wouldn't be a bad selection for them. Uh, experienced quarterback who's who's it has experience putting the ball in the air. Playing with quality uh, quality receivers, yeah. Um, obviously, Philip Rivers is retired. Jameis Winston, what is Jameis going to do? Do you go with Jameis? Who's and we we all know that Jameis isn't afraid to put it in the air either. <laughs> we know that. There's time. Refresh, refresh my memory. Where did uh, Matt Stafford end up? Matt Stafford is a, a Los Angeles Ram. That's right. Yeah. Um, again, Mitchell, uh, Jacoby Brissett um, is another guy. Trubisky, Tyrod Taylor is out there who I forgot about. Andy Dalton. We, I mean, they tried the Andy Dalton experience. That didn't go so well. Jameis Winston, I think, you, is if you're not sticking with Dak, you got Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Mitchell Trubisky. Who, who do you go with that of those guys? Ooh. You hate to say Tyrod. You don't hate to say Tyrod. I mean, Tyrod is a poor man's Dak Prescott, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's hard. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's a tough. Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah. You know, you don't really have any confidence in Mitchell Trubisky. You don't want to just, you know, keep uh, trying to reinvent the wheel. That, that you know, that, that experiment just didn't work. So why why try it again? You know thinking that a change of scenery in a new environment is going to, you know, have yeah. a different result. I don't think that's the answer either. So, 
This is where the Cowboys are in a very difficult position. Um, yeah, the difficult positions. I, you know, as you say, that's a good way to um, define Tyrod Taylor, a poor man's Dak Prescott, and I think he would be. Yes, um, Jameis Winston. What do you do? Do you give Jameis a, a, a chance? Can't you can't have somebody throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions? I mean, that's, I mean that was he he learned he learned from Drew Brees to kind of be a little bit more judicial with the with the football. He learned how to look at this game with with. Sean I don't Payton. think he learned enough, bro. I don't. I certainly don't think he learned enough to be the <laughs> starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. No, no, no. he didn't. He didn't maturate and progress that much. No. Okay, we didn't talk about um, we didn't talk about Drew Brees. I haven't heard the decision. Have you heard? It, have you heard whether he said he's coming back or not? No, which means he's not coming back. So, do you? What does Sean Payton do in New Orleans? Do they sign? Do they give the keys to Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Where, which way does that go? Yeah, I can't see him. Oh, you already, you, you already, you already know they they've already uh, engraved the uh, you know the initials uh, TH and and he already got the locker. They already gave him. Already, they already, already gave him the yeah. locker. Oh yeah, it's all about tasting. Really? So so you were so now we're running the. Uh, the wing tee in uh, New Orleans. You know, Cam, you don't know what they're going to do. That's the beauty of that <laughs> offense. There are just so many different things they can do with it. That's what I makes it I'm, such an explosive, uh, unpredictable offense. I know I don't have to guard 15 yards down the field. I know that. <laughs> so, so they're going to – man, so they're running a wing tee motion. Um Keep off of you. We don't. Yeah, you're right. We don't know what, how they're gonna come out. But I know my safety. He can line up 15 years off the ball and be cool because <laughs> they're not going deep with Taysom Hill. I know that. I know with any sort of uh, confidence. Uh, interesting, interesting conversation there we had about the NFL free agent quarterbacks, Cleveland. When we come back, man, we want to talk about some NBA topics. We want to talk about the Clippers. The in NBA Finals preview we saw over the weekend a, a couple nights ago. I want to get your thoughts on that, and then we're going to talk about the Lakers getting trounced right now by the Utah Jazz and probably the dethroning or what is it? Uh, what, what happens? <laughs> what happens when you take the cat to the <laughs> to the veterinarian and they they uh, take their nails out? <laughs> take their nails out so they're not more dangerous to deburring of, of the Lakers right now going on in Utah. I'm, I'm losing the term. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> when just I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, of course. You go ahead yeah, and find it all, yeah. all by yourself, okay? Talk about yeah, of course. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So as the Lakers get uh, beheaded here by the Utah Jazz right now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, – some NBA topics to uh, fans take a break and we'll talk to you real soon. Hey fans, one thank you guys for tuning into our 
Voice of the Fans podcast as you do each and every week. We appreciate the love. Please make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend about our show. Additionally, I'd like to ask that you guys subscribe to our Voice of the Fans YouTube page. Go to YouTube, type in Voice of the Fans, hit the subscribe button. What you're going to find there is a lot of exclusive content. Interviews between Greg Popovich and myself, Scott Farrell, Sports Talk host, and myself. You're going to hear my conversation with Emmett Smith. Hear why he tells me to go do some research. You're also going to see my interview with Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. You're going to see my interviews with Eric Dickerson. You're going to see my interview with Terrell Davis. Hear why Terrell Davis says that Broncos running system was not a system. Hear his explanation of that. Once again, Voice of the Fans on YouTube page. Check it out. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend because we appreciate that love. Thank you guys for tuning in. And as always, thank you for making our voice your choice. What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? Man, I tell you what's good. It's almost midway through the NBA season. We got NBA All-Star on the horizon, All-Star Weekend on the horizon. Cleveland, are you going to Atlanta, man? Have you bought your tickets? The mayor tried to say, don't don't come down there. This is a made-for-TV event, but uh, I got a feeling uh, half of black society is already on their way to Atlanta if they're not there already. Have you got your tickets? You know, Cam, I was going to adhere to, uh, you know, the mayor's, uh, you know, suggestion and, uh, you know, just keep myself here at the house and just, you know, kind of watch it on the tube. Uh, I had no plans on being at ATL now. I mean, there's plenty of venues, you know, pl- plenty of uh, locations and companies that will welcome you into their establishment from 10, 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Um, where you can have dinner, have some chicken wings and, you know, make some deals and and enjoy all-star festivities on the screen if you're unable to get tickets you know what I mean plenty of venues and you can have a little entertainment there while you while you're making your having your business conversations yeah we maybe we should take the podcast down there what do you think you know Cam I'm gonna say thanks but no thanks uh, until a, a few things are a little you know more straightened out uh, I'm gonna take a pass on that thanks thanks for the okay. invitation though all right, Cleveland. So, I'd like to know your thoughts, man. We had an NBA Finals preview on Sunday night when the Brooklyn Nets came to town, took on the Los Angeles Clippers, and a couple things happened in that game. Paul George was on a minutes restriction. They took him out. He had 34 points. They took him out with two and a half minutes to go in the game, a two-point game, and, and he not allowed to finish that game. Kawhi Leonard as he's going to the hole, being kind of grabbed and touched up by James Harden. He, Kawhi gives him the little elbow to the chest, and then Harden goes diving like, uh, you know, he was uh, shot in the back of his head. And they called a foul on Kawhi as he hit the go-ahead layup with, what, I think under 24 seconds to go in the game kind of change the narrative of that game. Either way, what I'm saying, that game came down to the last couple of minutes of the game, and the Nets were without KD, so 
uh, for whatever that's worth. What did you think of that NBA pre- Finals preview, sir? You know, Cam, as far as that play that you're referring to, it was eerily reminiscent of uh, a Michael Jordan in 1998 with uh, Ryan Russell, except for this time they got it right. Oh, this time they got it right. Kawhi Leonard actually did, did shove James Harden out of the screen and just got called for it. He just got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. So that's what happened with that play. As far as it being a you know, NBA Finals preview, I mean, that remains to be seen. You know, it depends on how healthy these two teams stay. And um, we both know that neither one of these teams is really all that mentally strong. So oh, talent-wise, they both, they both definitely oh, could goodness. be Great. there and probably should be there. If you, you oh, can draw good. it up on paper, just exactly how things should should go. It, that that should be the matchup, but that's not what's going to happen. But it certainly was entertaining. He just said neither one of these teams are mentally strong. Did I hear that, fans? Did you guys hear that? Did he just say? Did he Let just, me say it again, Cam. Neither one of those shot? teams is mentally strong. Okay, so were you, who's mentally strong? Are, are you talking about the, the champ from last year who who uh, skated to the? NBA Finals in the bubble? Or is that what you're talking about? Well, certainly the Los Angeles Lakers are one of those teams that is mentally strong. I would you think uh, you're beat by Miami 30 right now? I think, are you, I think are you talking about the, the Miami the Heat, I think they're mentally strong. Right the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets that were down 3-1 to one in the uh, Western Conference semifinals last year, I would, I would, you know, constitute that as a mentally strong team. Those are the other type of teams and examples that I'm talking about. The Denver Nuggets who are currently number six in the West, right? is that what you're talking about? And you, oh my goodness, Cleveland! Listen to listen to you. We, we were talking. We were talking about. We were talking about mental strength. We weren't talking about overall talent on the court. Well, you have to have some. You have to have that for that mental strength to to, to rear its head. You have to have, you know, some playoff uh, possibilities, right? You can't just. I mean, I'm mentally strong, but me not being in the NBA Finals, that does. Does anybody know? So, that, so are you right? saying that the, that the Denver Nuggets don't have a playoff possibility? I don't. I don't understand what your argument is there, Cam. Look, <laughs> my argument is that I called out a team for being an NBA final. My argument is that I don't think that the Los Angeles Clippers or the Brooklyn Nets are mentally strong when it comes to playoff basketball. Interesting. That That's was very interesting. And, they, and then yeah. your argument was that these other teams that I aforementioned that showed playoff mental toughness weren't tough. I, I don't understand. No, <laughs> you're now you're basing on you're basing on the mental toughness of last season. Essentially, is what you're saying. They showed some t- mental toughness. Last I'm season, saying that last season in, in the position. bubble, the last opportunity that there was a playoff, they showed mental toughness. Right These now, other two teams that you're talking about did not show mental toughness. Right now, one of the teams that you t- show, you say show mental toughness, they're going to be competing with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Just they're in a playing tournament. All right, they're in a playing tournament, so they're not even contending for winning the winning the conference. Right now, they're playing in a ter- playing tournament. Okay, the Denver Nuggets are behind the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, as being. <laughs> as being in the NBA playoffs. So I'm not giving them a bunch of consideration this season. No, I'm not. Um, who else did you mention? Just, uh, you know, I would just want to go off of who else you mentioned. What other team did you mention? The Portland Trailblazers? Is that what you said? 
You didn't call them Memphis. I actually no. mentioned the, I actually mentioned the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference. The, the, the Miami I gave you an example from the Western Conference and an example from the Eastern Conference. I gave you the Miami Heat are the Miami Heat, Miami Heat are no better in the Eastern Conference. They're fifteen or seventeen. They have a, a below five hundred record, and they also be in the playing tournament. So you want to give them confidence? Oh, they just beat your Lakers, so now they're mentally tough. Is that you, you're going to go by that because they just beat your Lakers by fifteen a couple of weeks ago, right? Or a couple of nights ago, I should say. So they're getting on. healthy. They're, they're starting to play together as a team. You know, things are starting to you know turn the other way. What's your example? The 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 Clippers. You're gonna hang hinge on the story. The Clippers blew a three one lead against the against the Denver Nuggets. So their their fragility, their their fragile in the mind. Okay. Um, Patrick Beverly said as much, and so when I asked him about kind of how how they can be right on the cusp of that and then not complete the task. He said, oh, it was mental toughness. So, okay, I'll give you that. What is... What's going to be your example or what's your example of uh, lack of mental toughness when you talk, talk about the Brooklyn Nets? Just help the people out. They have... You have watched James Harden numerous playoff appearances. You've watched Kyrie Irving numerous playoff appearances. Do they strike you as mentally strong players? I haven't seen James Harden. Well, I haven't seen James Harden in the playoffs. With uh, You saw James Harden champions. in the playoffs last year with, with not, Russell Westbrook. Listen, you saw him in the playoffs not, the year before not, not, with Chris Paul. You saw him the year before in the playoffs with Dwight Howard. You saw him in the year. Not with a two-time NBA champion, um, a fellow league MVP, and not with Kyrie Irving. And as I told you, as I posed a question to you two weeks ago on this very show, can will a player for this transition to be successful? We're going to have to see a player go from a bench player to a franchise player, an MVP, back to essentially a role player in what he's doing right now. He's a role player for the New Jersey, for the Brooklyn Nets, excuse me, averaging 24, 11, and I think seven assists. I haven't seen, we haven't seen this opportunity. We haven't seen James Harden in this exact situation fail and shit on himself in the playoffs. So I am fully confident. I said this when they signed him. I said this weeks ago when they signed him. That is my favorite for the Western Eastern Conference. And you already know my Clippers are the favorite for the Western Conference. So that was the NBA final preview, in my opinion. You can put your, your sub subplots aside. You can put the cause you you want to tell me the NBA champion, the for, uh, the defending champions are mentally tough, but right now they're down by thirty to the Utah Jazz, who you don't who you don't believe in. You didn't believe in up until two weeks ago. So, is this a mentally tough team when AD is hurt? Well, I, I, I told you when I, we had Eric on the phone, when we had Eric on the show a couple of weeks ago. I do not believe in Anthony Davis. He's fragile. This is a regression from his seasons in the past. Uh, definitely a regression from last year. So, these Lakers aren't going to, they're not going to do what you expect them to do. LeBron is, that, uh, is a year older, okay? He's um, 
He's not going to be able to drag this team along like he drugged the Cleveland Cavaliers along into the NBA Finals. He's not going to be able to drag these Lakers into the Finals like he tried to drag them into the playoffs a couple seasons ago. He doesn't have that. This card is a lot heavier, and his back is a lot weaker. So he's not going to be able to get that done. So you want to talk about mentally mental strength? Is this what you is this your example of mental strength? This team who just got beat by Utah by thirty points. Hey, look, Cam. The Utah Jazz are a really, really good team. They're playing fantastic basketball. I just saw a graphic over the last two games. They've made more three-pointers than any team in NBA history. Um, There's they're something special. There's something to behold. I think they won like 24 of their last 25 games. It's just, you know, amazing what they've been able to do. And, you know, since the Anthony, and I'm glad you brought the Anthony Davis injury up, Cam. Since the Anthony Davis injury, I think that the Lakers have somewhat uh, decided to kind of re-strategize what's going to go on here. Oh, you know, it was a, a 71-day oh turnaround. Oh, my goodness <clears throat> gracious. <laughs> if you can allow me to say it. It was a 71-day turnaround to the championship and when cha- oh training camp started. Okay? Oh, my goodness. So, so we now, knew that these things were possible, <laughs> that they were going to come up, and that they were going to have to pace themselves throughout the regular season in order to get to be oh where they wanted man. to go. So every night they get every team's best game. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh my God. you know, a battle royale every single time out. And, you know, they're tired. They're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to get in shape. They've had some injuries oh that they've you know, had to overcome. Oh so, you know, let's take a few steps back. Let's let some oh of the bench goodness. players get a little bit more experience. Oh my kind of get ready so for let, how let, things let, are going to go. Let some players get some experience. Let them get some rest. And I think, I think, I think that what we're, what we're going to see here is the Lakers are going to end up with a four or five seed. And, oh you know, hopefully... You know, they can get, you know, past the the Portland Trailblazers or the the San Antonio Spurs. And and then, you know, that second round, that second round, they'll be they'll be ready for for the Utah Jazz again to to see if they can get to the Western Conference final. Oh, my goodness. I think that's what we're going to think. That's what we're about to see. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just can't contain myself. So you're telling me the the new strategy is down, and they're gonna say, "Let's relax, let's 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 take a break." Even though they keep they keep talking about this 71 day layoff that they that they had, the shortest in in, in NBA history to start a, a new season, they for, totally forget they had they had three months off before between March and and. Um, they have four months off before March and July, the end of July, when they got back to training camp and decided they're going to have a bubble. They had four months off. Then they played the season. They went in a bubble, and then all of a sudden they've been crying for. Whew, they've been they've been crying since December. Oh, this is the seven day one. We're tired. Or we're, we're uh, we didn't have mental fatigue right now. So now the strategy is to to deal with that mental fatigue is let's take a step back, fans. We were. We were dan- we held the uh, number one seed for a few weeks. We see the former multiple teams, the Clippers again. We see the Utah Jazz in, in our in our rearview mirror. Let's go ahead and succeed our number one uh, ranking, and let's take a step, couple steps back. Anthony Davis is down. Let's just reel it in, fans. 
let's just rule it in, uh, uh, manage expectations, and let's shoot for a four seed. This is what you're telling me, that LeBron James and your defending champion, L.A. Lakers, this is their game plan. This, that's what you want to tell me. What I'm saying, Cam, is that I think that we're starting to see the strategy change a little bit. I think in the beginning, of course, you know, that pride factor, you know, it rears its ugly head. And you just want to go out there and just beat everybody and just show everybody exactly who you are. But they're understanding now that, you know, they play in the Western Conference. They're getting everybody's best every single night. They're shorthanded. Hmm. LeBron James is 39 and a half years old. He's in his 21st season. Hmm. So when did you and Polinka come up with this? Alex, Alex, Alex Caruso is uh, is having difficulty finding his shot. It may not be that they get the number one seed. And that's, you know, that's unfortunate what? because, you know, everyone would like to be the number one seed. But did you, you know, they, you they, they may have to settle for the, for the number four seed. I'm sorry? When did you and Polinka come up with this strategy? This is is this a matter of a couple of weeks? Because we had Eric on the show a couple uh, a couple segments ago, a couple of shows ago, and Eric, you was all right on. Hey, Eric, yeah, tell Cam that we're going to be the number one seed. Tell Cam that everything's good in the hood. Tell Cam that everything. This is what we we're expecting these guys to. Cam, yeah, that was before the Anthony. To, that was before the Anthony oh. Davis injury. That that oh. that is a, that is a critical part of all this. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna sit here and tell you that that if Anthony Davis was healthy, that they wouldn't be the number one seed. I, of course they would, but he's not. Um, mm. LeBron is having to do a little bit too much, and you know we're starting to mm. see some of the deficiencies <laughs> that come along with this Los Angeles Lakers team, and they do have mm. some. They're not perfect, Cam. I mean, what happened to what what happened to Matthews? They they signed uh, Matthews. They got they got uh, Marcus Saul. They got. Uh, Harold, Montrez Harold, the heart and soul of the Clippers. They stole him away. What happened to all these guys? What, what happened to um? What happened to all these guys? The, the uh, new additions to the team. They got some hungry guys who wasn't here last year. Who's hungry for a championship? They're ready to keep this. Uh, they're ready to keep the the rhythm going, and they're ready to make decisions. What happened to all that? All that's gone, huh? Anthony Anthony Davis goes down, and nobody can do anything else. So Anthony Davis must be really damn good, huh? I, I did refer to him as a future Hall of Famer, and you laughed at me uh, last week. That's fine. But, no, all those aforementioned things that you said, those are all true, Cam. It's just, you know, sometimes you have to understand on the fly. And this is part of being a, you know, a flexible franchise going for back-to-back NBA titles. You know what I'm saying? You have to realize what's going on. Really study the landscape. This may not be the time to go out with your full, you know, sprinter mode. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. This is, this is brand new news to me. I'm telling you what. This is brand You and Rob Polika have come up with a good selling pitch right now. You guys have come up with I'm great. telling you right now, if, you know, if the Lakers are able to, you know, hold on through all of this adversity and win a championship, I mean, this may be uh, LeBron James' best performance ever. And I, and I thought last year was darn close to it. Oh, my goodness. You know, the way that he was able to will that team to a championship. But if he's able to will, if he's oh, able to will this team to a championship, oh, oh my, my God. Goodness. Oh, 
my goodness gracious! This is this is yeah. how much more how much more can a mortal man do? Uh, this if is you move this team to a championship. This is totally incredible. Oh, okay, I can't take it no more. We let's move on. Let's move on to let's talk about the NBA All Stars. Oh my goodness! Oh, Cleveland, you're, you're killing me. Let's talk about the move on. Let's talk about some NBA All Star action, man. Uh, Paul George, who quite is kept, man. Paul George is having the best. He's been in MVP talks before. He having the best season. He ha- he's having a better season than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi has kept um, um, so he's he's actually he's not the leader of the Clippers. He's having the best season on the Clippers team. I should that's the way I want to say it. Um, really remarkable, playing big time basketball, and he made he was an All Star reserve for whatever reason they have him listed as a forward as a, as a part of the front court in the in the um, All Star selection process. I think he's a guard. He's a shooting guard, but they have him listed in the front court. I think that's to kind of throw some shade at him so he can't make the NBA All-Star team as a starter. Um, but he's na- he was named the reserve. He went, The day he was named the uh, NBA All-Star reserve, he went out to hit 34 on the Brooklyn Nets. And then he had some words. Did you hear the? Did you hear the, his post-game interview about... Um, the, having the NBA All Stars, like you know, your your guy LeBron spoke out against the NBA All Star uh, All Star game. Giannis has followed suit, spoke about it against having the NBA All Star game, which Kawhi did as well. But did you hear Paul George? Uh, his his thoughts on the NBA All Star game? Um, I heard a little bit of it, Cam. Um, it sounded like uh, a disgruntled employee, which is you know, which is fine. Um, and um, someone that doesn't really realize we're the bulk of his $190 million comes from, um, it, it's events like this. So if you can have him, uh, you, you probably should. Um, from what I heard, he alluded to no other uh, uh, league having an all-star game um, other than them, um, which I thought was kind of very short-sighted because NFL never has uh, a, you know an all-star game and uh, baseball only played you know, less than 70 games. So, uh, this is the first league that's had an opportunity to have a full season and uh, a league that actually has an all-star game. So, I didn't really understand where that was coming from. But, you know, it, it's funny, you know, they didn't want to be in the bubble. They, they wanted the freedom of kind of the travel and, you know, you know, being at home and whatnot. But, you know, I just don't really see what this one weekend is going to is going to change. And it's not like they've been adhering to the rules all wholeheartedly to begin with so you know oh, well he actually spoke to that and you know I didn't I, didn't, I don't want to really get into the bash Paul George segment here but uh, seemingly you couldn't wait for that opportunity but I just wanted to point out and, and see I thought he made some astute assessments he got fined for you know hanging out with one of his teammates and now they wanted him to go hang out with the guys that aren't on the team during the All-Star game and in the that weekend. And, you know, during the day, they're going to be in the locker rooms hanging out with different guys or what have you from different teams. And they want to fly back home. So it's kind of a... It, they have to pay the bills, as you stated. It, this is part of how reasons why they make the 190. Um, but your, your guy made the same... LeBron James made the... Uh, not in the exact same words, but he made his, his 
assessment was the outcome was really the same. I don't understand why we're playing it. I'd rather be on vacation and kind of get my body healthy. I don't think you had a problem with that. Cam, again, you're not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I understand the frustration in it, and I, I understand why they're saying it. That doesn't make it any less necessary to play the game. Right, or that I, because of their objection to it, that they shouldn't play the game. I'm just saying, when, when your your guy made the objection, that, you know, I thought, I heard it was, you know, well, the NBA should listen to him, and he's right, and there was no talk of, you know, him not understanding how he gets paid and that sort of thing. That I, I just thought the, the the whole tone is a little different, and, and from what I'm saying, from what I'm saying. But you're not going to give Paul George credit for speaking up. Um, did you hear Paul George's his uh, assessment on flopping in the NBA and what that makes the NBA look like? Did you hear about? That? Did you hear that assessment? Uh, I did not. Can you can you enlighten me on that one? Oh well, he just said flopping is not good for the NBA. Um. And I thought again, once again, I think he made an astute assessment there. It's not good for the NBA. He hasn't he hasn't joined that flopping regime. And you know he gives those guys credit because their their offensive geniuses when they're able to draw the fouls like that. So uh, that's essentially what he said. What he said. Um, moving on to the more of the NBA All Star game. Do you think Zion was fully deserving of being in the NBA All Star game? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, he's having a, a you know a good season. Um, I, I think that um, from a league marketing standpoint, it's important to have um, one of your most marketable players at that game. So, not going to fault him for being on the on the squad. Um, I don't think it's overly snubbing anyone else. So, I'm okay with him being there. Okay, um, Booker replaces AD in the. All-Star game for the Western Conference. You deal with that? Well, the Booker snub was the most egregious of all of them. Uh, yeah, that just didn't really make any sense whatsoever that the, you know, the coaches couldn't even vote him on. That's, that's wild. Um, you know, getting Suns number three in the Western Conference, I mean, that's crazy. So, um, I'm happy for him that he was able to uh, you know, take AD's spot. I, I think, you know, if AD had a choice, I would have been the man that he picked to uh, to replace him, so you know that's you know good move uh, moving into that spot. Okay. What about um, what is Harden? We're talking about the MVP ranking now. Um, after seeing what James Harden has done for a couple of weeks in the Brooklyn uniform, where does he rank on your All Star in, in your MVP race? I should say. Uh, he's probably about uh, sixth, probably right now, fifth or sixth. Six? Can you can you name? See, you're blowing me away today. Come on, who do you have in your who, who's your MVP ranking? Can you can you let the people know what your current MVP ranking is? Seven. You no, know, I don't have a, a, a ranking per se, but you know, right off the top of my head, um, I would have to say what Joel Embiid is doing over there in Philadelphia is good. Uh, fantastic! I would have mm-hmm. to say uh, what uh, Joker has been doing over there in Denver has been, you know, very impressive. Uh, Dame Dollar, very... thirty points a game. 
uh, Steph Curry has a team. Um, no, Clay Thompson, right on the uh, precipice of making the playoffs. Um, the aforementioned Devin Booker, um, you know, probably Devin Booker for Devin Booker for MVP. Could definitely be in the, uh, the MVP conversation. Oh my goodness! Clay, do you watch basketball? Do you watch basketball? I watch quite a bit of basketball games. Well, how the hell do you have? How do you have, have Devin Booker? Cleveland, you mentioned Joker at number. He, his team is seventeen and fourteen. You mentioned Golden State; they're eighteen and fifteen. You have Steph Curry and I'm mentioning players Jokic. that are willing their teams to win that really necessarily shouldn't be in the position that they're in and would probably be in the lottery without the play of the players that I just named. But yet and still, oh here they are in the playoffs. Oh my goodness, Christian, man. You, you are you are. Over- I didn't even over- get to Bradley over- Beal. I didn't even get to Bradley Beal. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Bradley Beal? And we're talking about most valuable player. Most valuable player of the NBA. Bradley Beal, his team is not even in, in the tournament. Not even in the playoff tournament. They're they're about to get there. They're about to get there. Oh, just nothing. And look, you know, you throw James Harden in there somewhere. I said fifth or sixth. You said for me that name some other players. I was throwing some players out there. Throw James okay. Harden in where you interject him where you think he goes. But I I just named like four or five, maybe six players that are having great seasons. But you, so you weren't th- so you weren't throwing these guys ahead of James. You were just saying these are other guys who have a good season. No, the, the first the first four or five the first four or five were ahead of James, and then I was just adding some extra players in there to be part of the conversation. But the first four shame or five, no, most shame definitely. On shame most on definitely. you, man. Shame on you. Shame. Who, who, shame who, on what does what does your MVP hierarchy look like? Uh, my MVP Who do you start with? It goes James Harden, number one. James Harden, Joel B, uh, Damian Lillard. That's the hierarchy right there. Oh, you mean that guy that, that guy that plays with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? That guy? That, that's well, the MVP of the league? The guy that patted and cried himself out of Houston? What, what was he doing two months ago? But, I, but, I know, but, but, but then again, Cam, I know how you like to take small snippets of someone's body of work and then expand them over a much longer time than it really is actually going on. <laughs> I, I, know how you like to, I know how you like to do that. Small so snippets. If, you, if you're doing that... If you're doing that with James Harden, I mean that's fine, but he's not the MVP of the league, bro. I think Damon Lillard or Joel Embiid are the. And I ain't bring up Giannis yet. I ain't bring up Giannis yet. Giannis is not the MVP. Come on, stop it. I ain't bring up. I ain't bring up Luka Doncic yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. Yeah, and you should. And you shouldn't bring up either one of those guys in the MVP discussion. James James Harden leads leads a leads a hierarchy for me. Uh, the only other way I can see Joel Embiid to your point, Joel's been doing this all season long. He's held the uh, he's controlling the paint for the whole league and has got the uh, Philadelphia 76ers as having the best record in the Eastern Conference. So um, not far from what. Uh, 
uh, Utah Jazz is doing on the other side, just a few games away from what the Utah Jazz is doing. So, yeah, he's having a hell of a, hell of a season himself. So, uh, Dame Lillard, I mean, he's, he keeps getting ignored. Uh, his production keeps getting ignored, but he continuously has the Portland Trailblazers, I mean, in contention. Right now they're fifth in the West, so if he can elevate his team to maybe that second or third spot, and it's the way it sounds is that um, – the Lakers is going to re, um, regress to the fourth or fifth spot and essentially giving up their their top seed in the East in the Western Conference, uh, essentially giving away home home field home court advantage as as we know it doesn't really play a part with no fans in the building. So Dame Lillard, if he can get his team to the number three spot, man, he, he'll have a good uh, quality um, argument for getting. MVP recognition, but as it stands, it's, it's James Harden to, to lose at this very point. Yes, the guy who is who is making it work with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Uh, even though Kevin Durant hasn't played the last five games, James Harden has just been unreal. Um, but he's making it work because we know Kate, we know Kyrie can go off at any moment and just you know he, he'll say the the sky is purple and why does everybody think it's, the sky is blue and then he'll take when there's uh, some backlash that he'll take two weeks off so we know that Kyrie can falter at any minute we know Kevin Durant he, he, his ankle or his Achilles or his thigh whatever it is it's, uh, it's a little fragile so they're gonna I understand them kind of you know holding him out um, until actual playoff time but what James Harden is doing to keep these guys afloat here in the last few weeks since he joined the team, I think they lost two games. So yes, he did, he didn't have a good start of the year in Houston. He he did he wanted out, and as Draymond said, organizations will trade you in a minute. So why why do why do we uh, criticize players for saying they want out? And he played he played in his games. He may have you know. Refused to hit the gym early in the morning before the game, but he played in the games as expected, and he put around, put up his uh, typical forty points and got his ten rebounds and got his ten rebounds, eleven rebounds, and his uh, eleven assists. So he's done that. He played on the court. You know, he didn't refuse to play in games. He went out there and produced, and he just produced. It looked a little different when he's producing around actual talent that the Brooklyn Nets have. So. That's my argument for James Harden, but we'll see how things go. Um, you know, we kind of talked about we kind of talked about the Trailblazers a moment ago. Well, what do you believe in the Trailblazers, Dame Lillard? Can being that you already admitted that the Lakers are relinquishing their position, as you would say, their top position in the Eastern in the Western Conference, and they are. Allowing somebody else to step up. Do you, what do you see? The, what do you see, Dame Lillard and Trailblazer? Do you see him taking filling that void? All depends on how soon CJ McCollum can come back and give James some help. I mean, uh, and, and maybe they, you know, pick up a, you know, an additional player, uh, you know, for the trade deadline. You know, kind of make that move. Um, they haven't been particularly healthy, and um, I think Dame is going to start to break down here, trying to carry all of those guys. By himself for too very long, they they fortunately have been able to get Gary Trent Jr. back. Um, he's contributing a little bit, but um, without a big contribution from CJ, I think they're going to be right about where they're at right now, about four or five ish. Okay, well, um, when we come back, Cleveland, 
let's put let's t- put a pin in it right now. What's good? What's good? What's good, fans? We have a special guest host. We have a special guest host joining the show. All of a sudden, he he has a lot of feedback to give. He, he comes with some some energy. He's a Laker fan, fans. I warn you, he is a Laker fan. But he wants to talk about, and he's he's. Uh, I think Cleveland called him up to kind of join the show so he can get some more somebody else on no. the line. So let's talk. Let, I I like to know what do you see as the can the Lakers rebound from this four game losing streak here? They lost four. Uh, what? Five out of the last six games here, um, they got beat by thirty just now. Can how do you see this game transpiring, and what do you see from the Lakers moving forward? Are they going to be able to even hold on and stay and, and stay in the playoff race? As long as they have LeBron in a healthy AD, it doesn't matter if they're in the eighth okay, spot. Well, well they the don't have the spot. When AD comes back, uh-huh. they will not have any problems taking care of the rest of the Western Conference. The rest of the West, he says. So the team that just beat them by 30, they're not going to have a problem with them. Do you know that they have to sit down and actually play four games and they can concentrate on what's going on as far as schemes and stuff like that? I don't think Donovan Mitchell, no disrespect, and them can beat the Lakers four games in a row. And you're talking about Rudy Gobert, who's barbecue chicken. So um, like Shaq said, and a lot of these players nowadays can't take the criticism that's why they're complaining and whining and stuff like that. But Shaq's got four rings. Gobert hasn't touched the finals. Donovan Mitchell hasn't sniffed the second round, and that's respectfully. So as far as that, I'm concerned, they, they don't have any problems. As long as they can stay afloat and they just released uh, Quentin Cook, so we know that they're actually going to be signing a couple players Who, the, uh, the before Cousins, the trade deadline. They're going to bring DeMarcus Cousins back? I don't know if they're going to bring DeMarcus Cousins back, but I know that uh, um, Andre Drummond, if he gets bought out, I can see him either going to the Knicks or the Lakers. Andre and, they, and the league should, doesn't uh, want that. Andre Drummond should go to Miami. He should go to Miami and put him with Bam out of bio, actually. Well, um, why? I, if I'm, if I'm why? Drummond, I'm trying to get why? a championship. Miami's not going to the championship this year. If he goes, he changes the complex of that team. Um, they need him, actually. They need somebody – uh, besides, they need somebody besides Bam to kind of do some of the dirty work. I mean, they got that boy working too hard. They want him to bring the ball up court, to to put teams in position, to be their point forward. They want him to rebound the ball. They want him to play defense. They they're asking way they're asking way too much of uh, Bam Adebayo. And the the guys what uh, six six eleven two ten? Come on, man! You, you guys are killing that boy down there. They need they need a big a big body like. Uh, Andre Drummond to kind of do the dirty work for for them down there, um, or they could have just traded for James Harden like they should have. There's no way that I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Hero, but um, there's no way that I'm passing upon James Harden for Tyler Hero so, that's unproven. So, so in other you up, since you, since you brought up James Harden, what who's in name your MVP hierarchy right now? Who's in your MVP list? Um, Jokic, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell? He's got the number one team in the league. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. Jokic, Donovan Mitchell. All right. LeBron. 
They just lost five out of six games. Come it on. doesn't matter. It and I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not a LeBron fan, ladies and they gentlemen. They just lost five out of six games. He it can't say that anymore. He, that takes him out of the MVP race. Stop it. Keep going. Keep going. You got Jokic and Donovan Mitchell. Jokic, by the way, who he, right now his team is currently in the playoff tournament. Currently they're in the playoff tournament. So Chris Ooh. Paul. Chris Paul for MVP. Oh, he's got his team balling, and da- and, and Damian. I was, I was I was told I was just told moments ago that Devin Booker should be MVP, and he's a, he should be in the MVP conversation. I would prefer Chris Paul over Devin Booker because De- Chris Paul has been kept keeping this team afloat. Yeah, got him in the fourth place. When Devin Booker like- was out in the uh, in the beginning of the season, people What'd forget you, about that. What do you think about that, Cleveland? Interesting pick. Uh, I think Devin Booker brings a little bit more firepower, uh, a little bit more explosive score, um, range to Bermuda, quite honestly. So I think a, a, a better pick for the MVP, but I can see where, where Landon's coming from. You know, Chris is the one that brought the cohesion to the team, and, uh, you know, they're the number three seed in the Western Conference. That speaks volumes. I mean, so. Those are the reasons he was selected to the All-Star game versus uh, Devin Booker. So, uh, so. No, a lot, of feel, a lot of people feel that he was selected for the all-star team. No disrespect, it's because he's the president <laughs> of basketball of the, the Players Association. <laughs> okay. They, either way, either, either way, they had to have some reason behind it. So so you don't have James Harden in your in your MVP race? You don't have Joel and B in your MVP hierarchy? You don't have Damian Lillard in your MVP hierarchy? I said Cleveland. Didn't I say Damian Lillard as my fifth pick? Didn't say James Harden. So, that. James Harden and, and Joel Embiid doesn't make Landon Buford MVP. Joel um, yeah, Embiid, um, we don't know when he's going to go down with an injury. James Harden has been playing well, but I mean, as of late, but, but I feel like but. I feel like he's got a lot more to, way to go because the way the way that he left but. Houston and the way he started the season left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, true enough. But if you pay attention to what's, what's happening on the court, you, you'll see something different. And if you're just waiting for the for the ball to drop, if you're waiting for the floor to fall out of Jordan B, you got to give him credit, man. His team I'm is not, the number one in the East, period. It's, I'm not, it's I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve credit. I'm saying that when is the ball going to drop? Because it happens every year. Well, again, you just sound like you're just waiting for something to happen. It, 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 it has to happen for for you to um, – for you to kind of give that some weight, so it has to happen. Until then, he he should be in the MVP race. Is, he's six on my list. If you're gonna, if you want me, if you want my opinion, Joel Embiid is six on my list right now. He, I think he has a better chance of winning Defensive Player of the Year this year than he has he, the MVP. He's number six behind somebody who has their team in the playing tournament and somebody and somebody else who who made a, the reserve the All Star team. All Star reserve. You, are you talking about – you're talking about Dane? No, Because Dane's Jokic. got his team in fourth. Yo, I mean, Jokic, Jokic is the Jokic, best passing big man in the league. His team's in the play, playoffs. He's in the playoff tournament right now. So cut, okay. it, cut it out. Okay. Cut it out. Okay. He's, he's, in, the play, he's in the playoff tournament. What if, but what if the Mavericks decide to trade Sporzingis for Jokic? Why? Okay. All right. Thank, thanks for calling, man. Thanks for uh, participating in the show. A sidebar. They just picked up Porzingis. I thought this was a match made in heaven for Porzingis and um, 
And um, have you been reading Luka. the headlines? There's been quietly shopping Porzingis. That's what I'm saying. With I'm, the I'm Warriors. That's why? Why are they shopping him right now? I thought that was a match made in heaven. What? How? How did things change so quickly? He's not the defensive star that he's been. Now, granted, um, a lot of people would say that um, Rick Carlisle is keeping him out and 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 controlling his minutes, so that might be the case. But um, as of right now, I mean, he hasn't been performing the way that he was performing last year. And he started uh, once again. He started well, off with injury. Last year he he played ten games, right? He didn't play a whole lot last year. What are you talking about? He played in the bubble. He played be, uh, some some before the bubble. No, he mean, got hurt. He got hurt. Well, he got hurt in the playoffs because he only yes. played the one game against the Clippers, and that was it. No. So what are you talking about? He played one game. He was. Your boy Red Grand Live, and that's what's good in sports, man.